Good morning, Vietnam. Oh, it it is our first ever podcast recorded in the early hour more early hour mornings. Man, I'm, my brain's like dead already, and it's it's I nine was, o'clock in the morning. I was really worried uh, just at the beginning. Like I woke up at six forty-five to kind of prep myself, get enough yeah. coffee for it, and. When I first came over, I was like, oh man, me no English good. <laughs> we're just, we're so committed to the podcast that we're even willing to record at 7.30 in the morning. And we're even committed to the process in that we still had a beer during the recording, but it was non-alcoholic. Shout thanks out. to Athletic Brewing for the non-alcoholic beers, making it acceptable to enjoy a beer at 7.30 for, in the morning while breakfast. you record. And it's with... A guy that we've been wanting to have on the podcast since the beginning. Probably the person that should have been guest number one, if we're really thinking about it. Corey Belmore, the world record holder. Also, uh, Athletic Brewing is one of his sponsors. So, super fitting that we had to have an athletic beer when Corey's on. But, man, this was... This was the most beer mile talk we've ever gotten to do on the show. Yeah. Um, besides maybe Lewis Kent uh, episode five, like really early early days. But yeah, well, first true beer miler, also professional runner. Um, you know, competing oh, on the competing on the pro pro stage there as well. But yeah, man, it's post, been a long time um, coming. Post NA beer mile, post world mile or <laughs> world mile, <laughs> post beer mile world classic uh, recap with. With Chris and Corey. Yeah, if anyone hasn't heard the news, which I don't know how you would have been able to avoid Living under a rock. Yeah. uh, Corey Belmore, he was the previous Beer Mile World Record holder at 4.33. He broke his own world record this weekend on Saturday in England with a time of 4.28. Won the Beer Mile World Classic, in which I also got to go participate, so I'm still a little jet lagged, uh, trying to switch back to central time zone after being in England, but... Yeah, Corey, not surprisingly, delivered another world record. Uh, we talk talk about that with him. And this, okay, his world, his beer mile progression is just crazy, right? Yeah. So we get into this a little bit with him, but just to make sure that we set the stage appropriately. So Corey, in 2016, goes to the track and does a 439 beer mile in video, videos it, films it. The This is two days before the 2016 World Championships. So then the meet directors of the Miramar World Classic reach out to him like immediately and say, hey, we're putting you on a plane to come to the World Championships your, in like 48 hours. Here's your ticket. <laughs> here's your ticket. Corey goes there, runs 434, so beats his world record by five seconds, which makes sense because he like had competition there. There was hype, whatever. He's not at the track by himself. And then proceeds to break the world record again by one second in 2017, 433, runs 424 in 2018, but gets DQ'd because he had a little too much foam left, but shows that, you know, he's capable of running that fast. Um, 2019 world champs, he won, but it was on a cinder track, so he didn't quite get the world record there. And then now here he is back again, 428 in peak form, 428, and that included a 359 for the running and seven second beer chug average. So, yeah, I mean, freaking impressive. I mean, I I was in the race. I basically went into it like I'm going to try to stick on Corey as, as long as I can because otherwise, what's the point of being here? True. And he goes out in a 55 first lap. <laughs> I'm already I, – I, I do a five-second beer chug and then a, a 59 first lap, and I'm okay. gapped. And I'm gapped. Yeah. I'm like – what is going on? Like I, I'm out with the beer plus the lap in like 64. So I'm on pace for a 416 beer mile <laughs> and I am gapped at this point. So it was just 
it was just stupid, but it was awesome. <laughs> it was it was crazy. Yeah, if you haven't seen uh, the race footage, it's out on YouTube. I think arguably our best production quality, even though like th there was no official you know film crew there. It yeah. was literally just Chris and whoever he could <laughs> scrounge up as far as uh, as fil filmographers. So it was it was fun to both be racing and creating a video out of it. Actually, it kind of kept my mind off the race a little bit to just kind of be walking around having true, fun with it, like true. getting little interviews of people. But yeah, you can watch Corey's world record. Uh, probably if you just search for beer mile world record at this point, it's, yeah. it's uh, at the top of YouTube or you can, I will put a link in the description here too, but it's pretty electric. It's electric. Everyone in the crowd is super hyped and uh, we have a bunch of other races that you can watch there too. The women's championship, um, local all comers races. It's uh, it was a good time. So yeah, Corey coming on. Excited to see as well what he can do on the track. Sands beer probably you know drop a few more seconds off his. Yeah, he's a three thirty nine fifteen hundred PB and three fifty seven mile, and I believe that three fifty seven mile was indoors as well. So it's a fast dude. No, yeah. no one's gonna deny that. And yeah, uh, yeah he's definitely a world's team Olympic hopeful for Canada in the future as well. Yeah, I think uh, he's got a good mindset going into this upcoming training block. So we're excited to see what he does. Before we um, before we start, I wanted to give a shout out to Dan Rubin. Dan Rubin. Correspondent of the show, frequent beer miler, um, gave some advice on our age brackets as well as sent some dope pictures of him and his daughter instead of doing... Um, the Boston. Uh, Boston Marathon in 2020, uh, they did a competitive beer mile uh, on a treadmill at 1% incline, uh, and they live streamed it to friends so that they could they could bet on it. Uh, Dan Dan took home the gold. You know, can't let can't let the kids uh, beat you in a beer mile. That's the last thing that goes. That's but right. yeah, shout out to Dan. That was that was pretty cool. Thanks for reaching out, Dan. You're the man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, my shout outs. I'll just uh, shout out everyone who did well at the or everyone who came to the 2021 beer mile world classic uh this weekend in manchester england uh allison grace morgan from the usa won her third consecutive beer mile world title uh shout out to paulie keen from england she was the second woman finisher and set a new european record in 645 so shout out paulie and uh team usa guys and girls we brought home the team titles once again so hey no country is better at running and drinking than the USA. <laughs> hey, man, at this point, that's all we've got. That's, that's, we'll take it. That's all we've got. And if Corey just um, moves across the border to Detroit and we get him on the squad, then it's uh, no no team's going to ever have a chance again. <laughs> but I will also one other shout out. Sweden, especially, uh, for just being the best drinkers in the world. Dude. Shout out to Stina for crushing me in a... A bottle chug with her vortex method and shout out to all those sweden and i guess norwegian guys and gals as well for they were they were killing some pints killing some boat races killing everything after the, the race so um, shout out to all of them they're such a blast to hang out with. that that chug went viral within my own family like people from <laughs> both uh jordan's family and my family were like messaging me like oh my god like have you seen chris's story i'm like well yeah no shit <laughs> um they're like like that girl was that a real chug? And I was like, yeah, dude, like, that welcome, was a, welcome to the beer mile community, man. <laughs> beer mile community's got pro chuggers. Yeah, that, I think that was probably my most viewed story, like, ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was epic. So we're going to get into this with Corey here. He's got a lot of good, good tips and tricks on the beer mile and his backstory on running and the beer mile itself. Uh, one, one plug, though, we have to give before that, Manscaped. 
our, our loyal, trusty oh, partner. Did you, did you shave your legs before? Oh, of course. Of yeah. course. They're getting a little a little stubbly again now. But yeah, when you're peak racing season, you got to make sure that the legs are trimmed so that, I mean, one, it makes your calves look good, not going to you know, lie, but you know also make, makes you faster. You know what I'm excited for? Uh, obviously, you know, if you live in a warm place, first of all, fuck you. Uh, second <laughs> of all, with the winter coming up, nothing is a better feeling than clean shaven legs putting like putting your legs into tights oh yeah because when you when you're smooth oh because when you're when your legs be hairy it it, your your tights grip on it and they pull your hair out yeah you can see your hair like coming through the tights yeah it's like it's weird (laughs) well i just think it's like generally uncomfortable when you shave your legs and put tights on yeah feel pretty good yeah so make sure and and in the holiday season is right around the corner too like i i Typically, like everyone probably, procrastinate way too long and getting gifts for people. But don't do that to yourself. Your significant other or for yourself or for your stepbrother, whoever whoever it is, Manscaped is the perfect gift because you can get... A, you can get the lawnmower 4.0 an actual razor there's colognes there's aftershaves there's the performance boxers which we talk about all the time so there's gifts for anyone in the family and if you can get that order placed now it's going to be way less stress come True. december so beer mile all one word 20 percent off free worldwide shipping good for anything on manscaped.com yeah man if you're especially if you're a stepbrother if you have a stepbro <laughs> And they get like stuck under a sink, you know, rather than ending up on a, on another site, you could just, you, why don't you shave their legs for them while, while they're stuck in inconvenience? Wouldn't oh, that be wild if that, that would, ended up on Pornhub? That would be, that would be great. Manscaped should do that as like an April Fool's joke. Oh, make, make the storyline. It's like, step bro, you're stuck. Let me, let me help you. And then just like pull out the lawnmower 4.0 and start shaving his legs. <laughs> Oh God, man! We're oh, just dude, coming up to, with great storylines. Okay, in the when we record the outro, you have to remind me of this really good idea that I had um, w- related to. Have you ever seen Squid Game? Oh yeah, Squid. Everyone's okay, seen okay, Squid okay. Game at this remind, point. Remind me about that in the outro. Well, there, there you go, listeners. Uh, that's your plug to make sure you listen to the outro. Listen all the way through because Adam's got something else up his sleeve. So let's get into this discussion with Mr. Corey Belmore, beer mile world record holder of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Yeah, it's our first first podcast, not in the evening, I think, right? Yeah. Or or like afternoon, evening. Yeah, I think the earliest one we've done has been like 1 p.m., hasn't it? I think so. Something <laughs> like that. So this is new territory. So we, so we usually drink beers on the podcast, obviously. Uh, Adam, so what are you drinking? We're drinking Athletic Brewing. <laughs> we got some non-alcoholic beer to, to kick off this morning. That's I've also never had a non-alcoholic beer this early in the morning either, but... Uh, <laughs> Here we go. So shout out Athletic Brewing Beer. If you want to, if you want to try some, we'll put a link in the description. <laughs> now I feel bad because all I got is my water here, but I have a bunch of athletic beers downstairs. Well, I, I mean, if you want to grab one, totally up to you. Right, you, know what? you know what? I'll do it for the purpose of this podcast. Let's do it. Let's, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'll be right back. All right. All, all right. right. What, what do you got to drink? I got upside, upside down. Nice. What, uh, what, what beer did they give you guys for the NA beer mile? Uh, none of these. We raced with the Cerveza Atletica, so it's like a Mexican lager equivalent. It's even it's even lighter than what Corey's got. Corey, I think the one that you have, Corey, is like 50 cows, and then the Cerveza is like 40 cows, so it's oh, even yeah, like yeah. lighter. 
What's the, sure. Are you guys drinking the stout? Or you are, Chris, right? I got the stout. I, I have the run wild. Yeah. Okay. I like the run wild a lot. Yeah, run yeah. wild's good. I, the stout's actually pretty good at early in the morning. It's kind of like uh, coffee. Yeah, it reminds me of coffee for some <laughs> like reason. A, like a nice porter. Yeah, it's a nice, nice porter, little breakfast beer. And I'm going to run right after this and I'm going to have some extra calories in the tank. So, <laughs> hey, that's awesome. <laughs> it'll be good. Well, Corey, thanks for joining us. Uh, 7.30 a.m. in the morning for Adam and I, 8.30 for you. Appreciate you taking the time, especially uh, two days coming off of traveling home from England and setting a world record, which I'm not going to say I'm not, I wasn't surprised at all. I was expecting you to break the world record. So uh, pretty exciting to see it happen. Yeah, dude, you're a huge, huge, huge part of that. Because I mean, your first beer was, was really quick. I thought I was going quick. I think my splits were all like seven seconds per per chug with getting it, grabbing it, drinking it. But you're, you're like, I watched the video over. And like, from you coming in to grab your beer to pop it off was just like, at least a second quicker than me like i thought i was trying to quick, but i was trying to be like i was trying to be a little more cautious not like reckless but you just had a time so perfectly to like the grab so uh i think that definitely pushed me because every time i finished my chugs i heard you right behind me and i was like what the like, like am i doing well or what like <laughs> it's funny because yeah your chugs were like my chugs were basically like one second ish faster than yours but yeah i guess it it makes a difference in the in the chug zone to just have that little bit but for the listeners, okay, so I looked at your splits. You ended up 359.1 for the running, and then basically, yeah, like 28 seconds point for the for the drinking. Yeah. So that's that's very solid splits. Going out in 55, still closing in a 60 with four beers in the stomach. Uh, yeah, that, I wasn't going to be able to compete with that no matter how how good my drinking abilities were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy because when I first started doing the beer run, and you probably like even remember like. Mm-hmm. To even think about going like I don't know under 4:30 at all was like it's like no there's no chance like I remember when Lewis went 4:47 I was like this is like the pinnacle of the beer I was like there's no way I can get much faster like it's just insane um so it's just yeah I don't know it's it's crazy how much it's progressed yeah I mean I feel like at this point you to to break the world record again you have to be a sub four miler if anyone if anyone does it that's like uh table stakes basically. yeah that i guess it's like i you can definitely have room for improvement um because it was also pretty windy on the day too so mm-hmm. i i think that's a couple seconds there and then just you know you have a different day where you can close a couple seconds faster as well like you can definitely get down to that 420 mark but yeah at this point unless you unless you can run for basically yeah four flat yeah. in the race you're not going to be able to run faster than uh you uh, know four four twenty. I, so. I was saying to some of the guys after i was like it'd be cool just to get like an elite field together, like have no idea of like what they could do in chugging beer mall, whatever. Yeah. Just get like a really quality field and just say, Hey, you guys have to do a beer mall. Like, let's see how fast you guys can go. And like, I'm sure some guys yeah. could go, like we'll go really hard and probably do well for maybe half the race, but I don't know. It'd just be interesting to see who would finish where and like what the times would be. Yeah. Especially yeah. We, we've, we've talked about it and like putting, um, putting a decent amount of money behind something like that to, you know, give, <clears throat> give people yeah yeah a reason to do it but yeah that'd be really interesting to watch we were we were thinking like after fifth that mile this year we could do it but it was still like the pandemic covid kind of went on way longer than we thought it would etc but hopefully by next summer hopefully we'll have more money to spend as a as a beer mile media company yeah. and then also just people will be able to uh 
I don't know, all be in one location for a race or something together. But yeah, I mean, it would be great to put up some, some prize money to encourage people to do it. But I think it would be, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting because I think there could be some talent out there that could be in the four twenties just based on how fast they are and their chugging abilities. But kind of like you're mentioning, like the, the chugging technique and just like being quick in the chug zone is still something that you have to learn over time. Like, I mean, I, your first beer mile ever, I guess, Let's talk about both. So your first beer mile ever, um, like ever, I can't remember ever. how fast you ran. Yeah. Like first ever, ever. I think you said you ran like five thirty or something. Five thirty three was my very first ever. Okay. And then what mile shape were you in? Yeah. Like or how, like what was the, minutes. what was the breakdown of running versus, uh, drinking in that? I was probably in like, I want to say like four, 15 mile shape. I did okay. it out of cans too. And like, uh, yeah, I remember all my teammates were like, if you get it too hard, you're like, you're going to die. You're going to suffer. Like it's going to catch up to you. So I like went out conservative and then like, I got like two beers and I was like, like, this isn't that bad. I don't feel like I have to puke. Like, I think I can go a bit faster. So I think I closed pretty, pretty well that one. Um, yeah. And then like a few weeks later, one of like my old teammates and actually he, he was like one of my very, very first coaches ever. He's, he's a young guy. Don't worry. He's not like this old weird creepy dude. <laughs> uh, he's a young dude. Uh, but he actually brought, like a case of, of Budweiser's to the track. And then we did another beer mile uh, at the track a couple weeks later. I think I was like 527 and then didn't touch it again for two years. Okay. Yeah. Cause then, then you, so did you go from that 527 to the, the 439 or whatever when you use bottles? Okay. See, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, then you clearly got the chugging down very quickly though. So maybe, maybe what I just said about someone wouldn't be able to pick up the chugging technique right away is wrong because then that, so that was your first one with bottles then where you went 439. Yeah. yeah. So for anyone listening, like the, the back Corey's, you, you should give us the backstory here, but the, the short and sweet of it is Corey basically ran a 439 beer mile, broke the world record and then got on a plane and showed up at the world championships. Like 36 hours later and broke the world record again and won the world championships in London. So yeah. Talk about that 439 beer mile and like the motivation behind going to the track and doing it. Uh, so it was just after I just finished, I did not uh, track and field that year. So it was like the North American, Central American Caribbean championships. I was running 800s back then. I was in like 147 shape. So like I was in pretty decent shape and, uh, like one of my best friends, he's like, dude, I've seen you chug. Like, I know you're in good running shape. Like, I think you'd be good at the beer mile. And he's actually like best friends with Lewis. So it's like, it was funny. He was trying to get me to do it. Like we're best friends. And then he's really good friends with Lewis who he grew up with. Yeah. Um, so he had seen Lewis do it. And he's like, dude, I think you could beat the world record. Like, I know you're a little bit better of a runner than Lewis. So uh, I think you should give it a shot. And like, it took him like a couple of weeks to convince him. I was like, all right, dude, let's just do it. So actually a lot of people don't know this, but we went onto the track and we were going to film it. It was starting to get late and there was tons of bugs, like tons of gnats, like just flying all over, getting to my throat, like all over my face. And I got a beer in and I just like, I was going fast, but I just decided to scrap it just because it was like not ideal conditions. Yeah. And uh, there's some high school kids walking there on the track. So it was just like, <laughs> it was just a weird, weird atmosphere. We ended up doing a workout once those high school kids left. I did like, I don't know. I think my brother had me do like, three by 400 with the rest of the beers and then uh a week later joe came back over with a six pack he had went to lcbo he asked so this lcbo is like our government controlled liquor board of ontario okay and um, so you have to go to the lcbo to get your your beer liquor whatever he went to the lcbo he's like hey my friend's gonna do a beer mall 
and he's a beer that's 5%, 355 milliliter, and is easy to drink. So they gave me this beer called Kingfisher. It's like usually par- paired with like Indian curry dishes. And uh, yeah, we, we filmed that one and that's where I went like 439. And yeah, it was just random. I think the biggest difference was just like, you almost have to force the beers and trust you're not going to puke because mm-hmm. you definitely want to take breaks. And I took breaks in previous ones, but that was the first beer mile. Like I just finished all my beers all right away, once. got the burps out and just like kept moving the whole time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was just a crazy story that 439 and then like literally 24 hours on a flight to England to race <laughs> the world championships, but I, which I had no idea about. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you didn't know about the world championships before the 439 then. Okay. So then who no idea. did, did like John or Nick, John and Nick are the, the two uh, producers of the world classic. Did, did one of them just like catch wind and reach out to you or how did that all go down? Yeah, I got some like, I got some emails. I don't know how they, maybe Lewis or them had my email. Um, and then I got some messages on Facebook from like the Beer Mile World Classic Facebook account. Mm. And they're just like, hey man, like <laughs> you should come to England where, where you have a race on Sunday. <laughs> and I had raced that on Thursday evening. So yeah. I was like working at kids camp for track and field. And it was like, I'm getting all these messages, not paying attention to the kids, like being a really bad like <laughs> counselor that day. And uh, these kids kept hearing like, they're like, you got a world record, whatever. And they're like, like, Coach Corey, what, what'd you get a world record? And I was like, oh, the chocolate milk mile. I was like, like don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but they, those kids went home and Googled my name. They didn't even know my last name. They just could Google Corey world record. And like the beer mile was starting to like gain media tra- traction at the time. So they saw it and they're like, you lied to us. And <laughs> anyways, funny story. But yeah, I, I didn't know about the, the world classic at all. I uh, It was completely on a whim and was in England for 50 hours, same as this trip. And yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So you went over, that was, so that was 2016. Yeah. So you won that year in 434 world record in 2017, you're in 433, another world record. And then had a, had a bit of a drought. I mean, in 2018, you, maybe we should talk about that. So then 2018 would have been another world record uh, in yeah. Vancouver at the world classic. You're in 424. Um, disqualified for being a little over on foam, which kind of out of your control, actually, because you're super clean drinker. Um, I guess, would you say that that was mostly due to the beer getting knocked over and being foamy? Or do you think you were also being like a little too quick out of the gate and not not being careful enough? I I was being a little careless, uh, but I think what put me over, because I was just a touch over, what put me over, I think, was that last bit of foam in that beer that rolled. I think either way, it would have been pretty tight but yeah yeah i definitely think that that beer that knocked over rolled a little bit was that just that little bit extra foam that just screwed my record but at least i knew at the time it was it was pretty bittersweet like tsm was there doing a documentary it was like i felt all this pressure to like do something big and i ran really well but yeah it was just uh yeah it was pretty bittersweet and at least i knew the fitness was there but at the end of the Mm -hmm. day like i wanted that record for sure yeah. And it sucks too. Cause you like, you won that race by like almost 30 seconds. And so then, but then yeah, obviously didn't win um, because of that. So it, it was also like, I, I know Dale, I think, yeah, Dale, Dale ended up winning cause he was second overall. And it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like it doesn't feel, it, it probably didn't feel that exciting of a win to him because, yeah. <laughs> because you were still so far ahead, which is, yeah. which is a, yeah, t- tough moment, but um, yeah. And then, uh, going forward from there, then you only really, you only did one more beer mile between that and now getting the record, which was the 2019 world champs, but that was on a, like a 
loose gravel. I don't even know what you would call that texture track. So it was pretty slow. Cinder track? Yeah, is it okay yeah cinder yeah um so that was your really only your other attempt to try to run the 420s again and that was not not the place to do it most likely if you would have done it there then it would have been like oh shit he's gonna break 420 on a, yeah. <laughs> on a mondo track but yeah so so you haven't you outside of the world championships do you ever do beer miles on your own or not really uh no like i always joke yeah. to my friends and like oh maybe i'll go to the track and do one like this weekend or like yeah like, oh we want to try one i'm like oh maybe we'll do one and we never end up doing it so uh yeah other than that berlin one the only other one i did was the one with you at athletic brewing in connecticut right. so uh i'm glad we did that one before like the world classic this year mm-hmm. because it was just a good like tune up and we appreciated bottles a lot more after that yeah <laughs> yeah it was like going into the race uh, this past weekend, uh, world classic, it was like more exciting being on the start line, like going in and being like, all right, I get, I get to slam these bottle beers versus, uh, knowing how terrible those, uh, cans yeah. were going down. It just, it just, I don't know. Yeah. Well, flow uh, wasn't right. The warmth, uh, the foam, it just, I don't know. It just wasn't, it wasn't working that day for either of us. What were your two, like, what were your expectations going into the NA beer mile as far as like being able to check out of the cans? Do you think it was going to be that hard? Uh, no, I, I didn't think it would be that hard to be honest. I like, I think the thing with the the cans is like the consistency of opening them up and like being able to chug them at a certain time is like all over the place. So mm-hmm. Chris, like you, you tore your hand up, like you, you tried to pop your thumb yeah. in the top and like you cut your hand up, you're drinking your own blood. Like it's pretty <laughs> bad. I thankfully didn't do that, but like one of my chugs was 29 seconds. Like yeah. it, was, it was, it was bad. So, uh, I mean, my expectations going in, I thought I would go like under five for sure. Uh, yeah. So I like we we both when we were cooling down, we're like, man, we we look like amateurs. Like I know, and then <laughs> usually you can keep running, keep flowing, like keep moving the whole time, get your beers down, not take breaks. We're taking breaks, and it's like it just looked too casual. Yeah, if you would have asked me before, I would have said like worst case, like average ten second chugs. So if you do that, it's still like worst case, like four forty five, yeah, like four fifty maybe, like worst case. I wasn't yeah. thinking like in the fives. We gotta, we gotta so talk bad. to <laughs> Bill and get a, a bottle specifically. They, yeah, the I think they they talked about for next year. Okay. Um, they'll do a short run on bottles for us because then it'll be it'll be equivalent of yeah. being able to to run super fast. How did, and how and did the thing run? is. The thing is, Chris and I said, like, the NA beer mile, like, I thought it maybe be a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the carbonation is actually a little bit higher. And, like, it's not the alcohol. Like, I know Darren Norvell from, like, he used to work for ESPN. He's big into sports. Uh, and he tweeted something, like, about the beer mile, about the NA race. And, like, all these guys are attacking him. Like, NA is such a joke. This is, like, not legitimate. Like, it's so much easier. And it's like, no, dude, you, like, if you try it, it's, it's literally the same hurt. It's like mm-hmm. same at least more carbonation uh like i don't know i mean if you think about it you're drinking like that would be like doing a beer mile with craft beer because mm-hmm. the abv doesn't really matter i don't think it does yeah the only the only thing i could possibly think of that would maybe be a difference and why i think maybe in an na out of the bottles might be faster is just i wonder if because it is like half the amount of calories if maybe your stomach will just kind of know that somehow and in like sense that there's no alcohol in there like poisoning the stomach but i don't know if that would make a difference like we've never had issues uh like vomiting during it like for someone who does it might help them a lot because then their stomach won't get as upset but i don't know if it would matter for us because it's not like we're 
you know, doing penalty laps in the middle of a beer mile anyway. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it it's, make a difference. It's, it's really weird that like, have you ever felt the urge to puke during a beer mile? No, not really. I, I feel definitely feel like full on the last lap, kind of like, oh, my stomach's bigger, but like, it's never been a worry. Like, I mean, obviously not for you either. You're still closing in 60 or sometimes sub 60. And yeah, my last laps are, I, I feel like I can race them just as fast. As I can race in a mile yeah. with the beers. It's like not really any different. So, so yeah, no, never, never an urge. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 it's really weird. Like, obviously, you don't want to chug at a certain point. You're just like, I'm sick of just chugging these alcoholic beers and getting all this carbonation up in my chest and throat. But yeah, yeah I don't I don't know. I think some people, I don't think anyone really gets the urge to puke until it comes. Like, it's not like you ever, it's ever just there and there and there. It's just like, all of a sudden, it just comes. And it's just For like, the, when, we did, when we did the uh, Chandra Mile there was just a persistent feeling of wanting to that's puke. true oh, okay, okay okay i've never done a thunder mile yeah that's a that's a little different i would actually be i would be interested you maybe you should think about that one at some point i'd just be curious to see because you're if you can chug a pint well which which you can uh it's just it's just so different because it is like almost three extra beers worth mm-hmm. of beer um but I don't know. It's potentially, it, I mean, it is, it's a light record if someone can put down a pint in like yeah. three seconds. Cause I, I can't quite do that. It still took me like five to six seconds of pint, but it is a different feeling. I don't think if you could close sub 60 in a chunder mile, I would, I would put up money that you can't do it. Cause it hurts so bad that last lap. <laughs> yeah. That, that it's can't the beers, they can be sitting out for a bit. Right. In the chunder yeah, mile. So you like let all the carbonation out. Yeah. So um, carbonation is not an issue. It's just strictly volume. Sheer volume. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. That, that would be a challenge for sure. <laughs> I, I do think what you like the world record you have in the two mile, I think that would be the biggest challenge. Yeah. I'd be curious to see if, uh, yeah, what you could do there too. Cause obviously like the running pace isn't the issue. It's just like, can you have a day where you can fit that much beer in your stomach? Um, which I don't know. You, maybe you can, I, I wouldn't, I would not be surprised if you could break 10 there. Yeah. I, that would be a, a huge challenge and I would have to dedicate an actual day to that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's like something you try even less than beer miles. Like we talk about, like you only do like the world classic every year for the beer mile. It's like the beer two miles, something that I can only wrap my head around like every like three years. I'm like, I'm not doing that again for a long time. It's equivalent to like a 200 mile ultra race. Like you, you got to let your body recover from that one and you got to go into it completely fresh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So what's, what is next for you, uh, training wise running wise so for for all the listeners who i don't know i don't know if they why they wouldn't have heard of you but uh you're a very good runner without the beer as well so um the beer mile is not your main thing even though it's the thing that you're best at in the world but it's not your main thing that you're training for all year so yeah what do you what do you got coming up uh in the running world sans beer uh i, I want to become a better runner so uh last summer was was this past summer was pretty disappointing i was coming off injury but like did not hit close to the times I wanted to. Um, so just took a look at training again and, and I, I was doing a lot of cross training. I think I was overtraining a bit there and, uh, it just made my running felt, I felt tired all the time. I felt fatigued all the time. So took a step back from that. And like, I'm thinking about actually absorbing the training, still doing my like strength training two to three times a week. Um, but just not, I'm not doing, I'm not trying to get something out of every run. I'm, I'm taking the recovery days as easy days, getting really good workouts in. And other than that, just trying to stay busy in my day-to-day life. So mm-hmm. uh, just maintaining a good social life, work balance sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, meat wise, I definitely want to do some indoor races. 
Uh, I'd love to do a 5K early on this indoor season and then get after some mile races because I think if you have a good indoor season, you can set yourself up for some quality races outdoors. And it only helps if you run fast indoors, it helps you to get into those bigger meets early on instead of doing twilights where you're just chasing times all the time. I just... I just want to get in some fast races, be fit and see what happens and try and race for wins instead of just gunning for times. Cause I was too caught up in that this year. I think that's easy to do in, in uh, close to an Olympic cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. overreach. So what is when you're like peak, peak training for you, what does that look like? How, how many kilometers, miles a week you run in? Like kind of how, how would you say you train? Do you train more kind of like a 5k guy? Do you train more like a speed 800, 1500 guy? What, what's your training look like on a normal week uh i like a mixture but like i came from an 800 background but previous to that like my first canadian team i made was uh like in cross country so i do have a little bit of speed a little bit of strength so i like to do a balance of of everything and so my my peak mileage would be somewhere like 140 kilometers ish uh but i usually maintain around 120 to 130 kilometers and then it'll look like depending on the week, depending how tired I am or whatnot going into the week, usually Monday workout, Wednesday workout, and some sort of like uh, tempo or fart lick on Saturday. And then the other days are just in between like easy days, nice and chill, uh, possibly do some strength on those days. Um, and then I'll do a long run usually. If I don't do a work, sometimes I'll switch that Saturday workout to a Friday workout and then do the long run Sunday, Saturday, or I'll do the long run Sunday. But either way, I just, I try and keep those in between days really really chill yeah and who so who are your sponsors or who's supporting you right now in, in running or are you uh because you're, you're working as well so you're not a full i guess professional athlete at this point full full on uh focused on training so yeah what's that that balance like uh so thankfully like supported by adidas uh so Okay. Not, not under a formal contract. I'll be completely honest with that. Completely transparent. Um, it is pretty hard to get to get money out of them, uh, which is fine. Uh, but thankfully, they're very generous with the gear they give me and stuff. And uh, beyond that, sponsored by Flying Monkeys, so they have a tap set up in my basement. Uh, so they provide kegs, like two fours, uh, anything I need in that sense. Uh, then I have an Infinite Nutrition sponsorship, so they'll give me like protein, custom nutrition formulas. Uh, and then obviously athletic brewing, they're my non-alcoholic beer choice. So uh, very <laughs> thankful to have them to, if I want a cold one in yeah. between training, not mess up my sleep uh, schedule, then definitely go to that. Uh, and beyond that, yeah, just, uh, working quite a bit. So I work mm-hmm. at a running store called running factory in Windsor, Ontario, uh, work there quite a bit. Usually I work as a support worker with a boy that has autism. So stay busy with that and volunteer with big brothers of Windsor. So I mentor like a 12 year old boy or he's 13 now. Sorry. And, uh, yeah, I just stay busy doing that. And then I'm starting another job actually next week at race roster. So it's a tech slash event management company that deals with, uh, endurance events. So triathlons, uh, running races and stuff. And yeah, I, I like, I like maintaining my like busy lifestyle because I appreciate everything individually. It doesn't feel like I'm just for the last like six months, I guess when I was in Arizona from January till June, I was training full time. I lived like the professional life and like, Mm -hmm. I didn't truly enjoy it. Like it felt like a job to wake up. 
I obviously like training to a certain degree, but it wasn't to the same extent as, as I normally would. So it I feels I like there's a, a split with pro runners where like they're certainly, I feel like the majority of, of pro runners really enjoy just like taking three naps a day, and like <laughs> obviously hitting it hard, but like not outside of that, not having a job. And then there's um, maybe like a quarter of the pro runners we talk to really enjoy having something that they, that is not like, so you're not thinking about running 24 right. seven. Yeah. 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 I, I think you can like, you got to find what works for you. I don't think like my lifestyle, the way I do it would, I don't think I'd be any better or worse of a runner if I, sorry, <laughs> I don't think I would be any better of a runner if I just focused on running. I think yeah. like this is the yeah. best for my mental. This is the best for me overall. And I think mental plays a huge part. So whatever you truly believe is best for you, that's probably the best thing for you. And you should just stick with that. You shouldn't look at someone else and be like, oh, that's all they do. I should do that. That's going to make me the best. It's, it's yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you're if you're happy in life, you're going to be way better off uh, when it comes to performance too. Yeah. So training in uh, Tucson, Arizona this past winter, spring, um, you're staying down there with, with Lionel Sanders, who's a... Uh, incredible pro triathlete for anyone who's just, uh, not aware of them. And, and, uh, Ari Clow was a previous, uh, beer mile podcast guest as well. Um, he joined you guys for a bit too. So yeah. What was that training setup like down in Arizona? <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was crazy. Lionel's one of my really good friends. Uh, and Aaron, his wife is, is an amazing person. Um, really like took care of us there. She always like made sure we were well fed, well taken care of. So yeah, it was an awesome setup in terms of like training environment. And we were swimming. Uh, I was swimming with Lionel Monday through Friday. Uh, oh and I was putting 20K like throughout those five days. It's nuts. And like Lionel does not like to go easy in the pool. So like I'm trying to fit in run workouts in between and stuff. And like I was going hard in the pool every day for like four months straight. So <laughs> I mean, it got me really fit to a certain point, but then I think it eventually just led to a lot of fatigue. I was like really tired on every run. I wasn't hitting workouts as hard as I, and easy as I could have. Um, but yeah, it got me really fit for like <laughs> a couple weeks there. Um, and then, yeah, Ari, it was, it was super random. So we would like sit down at dinner or whatnot, turn on the TV and we'd watch like YouTube videos and stuff. So we would watch like the beer mall podcast. We would watch <laughs> uh, Ari's videos. Yeah. Um, and we saw Ari was getting the triathlon. He was like getting pretty addicted and into it. So we're like, dude, Hey, if you ever want to come down to Tucson, there's like a pretty big triathlon group there. There's a swim coach. Like it's beautiful running trails. You should come. So he ended up like coming. We didn't even know him. And like <laughs> he ended up just showing up there. He brought like uh, Johnny Pace and a few other buddies. And yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty unique. It was a cool setup. And it was just like, I don't know, a weird different way to network and, and meet people. Yeah. Yeah. That, awesome. that was great. Yeah. Crazy timing wise. Cause I remember he was in uh, Austin and like his car had the, had the car wreck. Um, but then it was like right after that, where he just like drove over to, to Arizona and, and met up with you all. Cause we, yeah, we would, we were um, in Austin at the Texas qualifier meet and already like raced the, the 5k there. And then, yeah, it was like all that same weekend. And then <laughs> and he just like, all of a sudden he pops up and he's like, running with you and Lionel. And I'm like, this is like the weirdest hodgepodge of, of people ever. I, I didn't know what the backstory was. So pretty crazy yeah. how that worked out. <laughs> it was hilarious. Like 
I hadn't met him ever and I had to pick up to the key to their apartment because the office is only open certain time to certain time. So I picked up the key for him like 30 minutes away from, from where we were staying and uh, like left it in Lionel's mailbox the one night. And then he came by like when we were sleeping, grabbed it and like, yeah, it was just completely random. But uh, I mean, it seemed to help him. Like he, he was starting to get pretty good, in the, like a lot better in the pool than, than he came in. And uh, mm-hmm. now he's with a group in, in New Hampshire and he seems to be like thriving there. So For sure. I know he's figuring things out, but I think he, he definitely has potential to be like very good. So definitely. Yeah. So what does your training look like? I guess when you're in Canada, are you mostly doing solo, solo workouts? You got um, anyone to train with? And then, yeah, what's your plans for, I guess, the next for, for this winter, really? Are you are you going to head somewhere warm again and, and, and do go that route or are you sticking around home? uh I mostly do workouts uh like solo and honestly like i think that's better for me because i'm pretty hard on myself i like to push myself really hard so mm-hmm. uh, i used to like pound myself into the ground like i would race everyone every practice like just want to like rip all the time so now i'm like dialed back it's like if i'm hitting vo2 max stuff it's like I'm at, I'm at certain paces like i'm a lot more dialed in a lot more controlled uh and as far as in the winter, I definitely like to get away for a couple of weeks. Uh, might go back to Arizona, but I definitely got to, <laughs> I usually catch the triathlon bug when I'm around Lionel. Just yep. like his attitude, his mentality is like very infectious. So uh, if I go there, I have to go in with the mindset, like kind of focus on my run training. <laughs> I can't like dive into biking, swimming, all that stuff too, too much. Uh, but yeah, if I go there, I'd go for like maybe two weeks, maybe or so. And thank you with, with the job with the roster, it's it's remote, so I could. Oh, that's perfect. Mm, that's perfect. Well. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever done a triathlon? Uh, I did the Kids of Steel. It's like a, a try a try basically when you're a kid. So I think I was like 11 years old. It was the worst experience of my life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I came out of the water, puked everywhere, like <laughs> oh my water, and then got on the bike and. Like I was on a mountain bike. Everyone is on road bikes. Like of course, yeah. I'm on a mountain bike, giving her my absolute everything. <laughs> and then on the run, a bee got in my shirt and it was getting mad and got out and stung me on the neck. So <laughs> I got a bee sting on it as well. And like, <laughs> it was just not the best experience. I got beat by a lot of people. I probably shouldn't have, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about triathlon after that for a long time. Well, yeah. Yeah, triathlon's so interesting to me because you can basically train unlimited for swimming and biking more or less. Like it's really hard to get an overuse injury for those mm-hmm. two. So it's just like, it's just crazy that you can train for like, you know, five hours a day or whatever doing those. Cause being coming from the running world, it's like running, you can really only run for like, I don't know, 90 minutes a day or something. And after that, you're just going to get broken down. But yeah, these guys are animals. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the training volume they put in is absolutely insane. Like some of these guys are doing double swims every day and um i talked to trent stallingworth who's like one of the canadian physiologists and he said for running you can get to about 12 hours max of training and then after that it's just it's really like risky like in terms of your hormone levels in terms of like certain vitamin levels and whatnot uh but yeah i think like swimming and biking you could go crazy with yeah that's that's absolutely nuts i don't know that's i think that's why i haven't really gotten to this sport because then i feel like yeah because of time and it's just like 
I would always feel like I could be doing more. It's like, I I can do more. I can do more. And it would just be like a addictive thing where I would just like keep trying to just sit on the trainer for like two hours. Every time I'm watching TV, it's like, Oh, get on the trainer and just keep riding and riding and riding. And it'd be like way too much. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I've been there. So I understand exactly what you're saying. It's yeah. (laughs) Um, man. So what do you think, uh, Going, going back to the beer mile. So going forward, how, how fast are you going to run in the beer mile before you're, you're all done doing this? I was talking about my twin brother. He's a huge fan of the podcast, by the way. He said to say hi when I went to go grab this. Uh, awesome. So, Shout out. <laughs> my brother, Justin says hi. And, Shout out, uh, Justin. We were talking the other day and I, I think, I think the beer mile can get down to sub 420, but I don't know how much under that can get. And it has to be perfect day, really fit, like really good conditions, uh, and then just consistently fast laps. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it can go quite a few seconds faster right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think so as well. If you look at like, I think my chug time added up to like 25 seconds, yours is like 28. So I think, I mean, somewhere in that range is about as fast as you're going to chug. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would put you at like a 355 mile, um, or 354, something like that with like 25 seconds of chugging, uh, potentially even like a 350, 351 mile. If you, um, you know, there's, there's potential for that. If someone, if someone's like a 347 miler, but there aren't very many of those. So, um, so yeah, no, I think like 420 is kind of like, uh, yeah, it's like somewhere right, right in there, but it would, it would take a really good day to go sub 420, but for sure, low 420s, I think, I mean, you definitely have the tools to do it. So uh, just keep grinding on the run and then you're going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, like I said, I want to see some more like elite professional runners yeah. just take a step back and be like, all right, I know it's the beer mile. I'm not like, I'm not just going to focus on this, but I just want to see what I can do. And like, yeah. I think a lot of people just have this like ego about them or their track life that they don't want to dive into the beer mile. They think it's going to take away. Uh, mm-hmm. Believe me, I had that mentality too. I was there. Uh, it's not that serious. Like <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the beer mile, it's still a competitive, like fun event, but like, at the end of the day, it's not going to, it's not, it doesn't change who you are or who you are as an athlete. It's just yeah. another thing to, I guess, add to the resume if you want, or I don't know, like I said, you get free trips out of it. Like it's an enjoyable experience. You meet a lot of good people. Um, so yeah. yeah. Nice vacation each year. And yeah, the, I mean, the people, uh, like I guarantee like pro runners, they have four beers at some point, you know, each year. So it's like, it's not like you're doing beer miles every week. Uh, you're doing like one a year. So you're drinking four beers one day a year for one race. It's like, that's not, that shouldn't be something that people worry about, like destroying their image as a, as a person and as a runner. Uh, yeah, I I don't know what it is. It's this like the balance of like the brand of like, I don't want to be associated with alcohol, but I don't know if that's necessarily true. Cause like a lot of pro runners still are like open about, you know, enjoying beer. Um, or if it's like, I'm, they're just, nervous about getting embarrassed and like puking or something like that and they just like because it's unknown territory it's like a brand protection thing of like i just don't want to put myself out there and like risk risk uh anything bad happening it's okay. I, I don't know what, yeah the, the thing is like when, when we did the the na one with athletic brewing mm-hmm. i was like i feel like this could catch on a little bit more just because yep. people would be a little bit more open to it if they want to host competitions I don't necessarily think they would need like a liquor license or anything for that. Yeah. Um, So like, I mean, like we said, it hurts the same. So if anyone want to try it and see where they were and not use actual alcohol, I mean, yeah, non-alcoholic is a pretty good start or place to start. So absolutely. uh, 
Yeah. And if, and if, and especially if anyone like any runner out there is considering doing it, just like go to the track by yourself and just do it and just see what you can do for yourself and then know whether it's worth it for you to like mm-hmm. try to jump into one of these. I mean, no harm in no harm in just going and trying it for yourself and you can video it if you want it just, if it's a good one, put it out there. If it's not a good one, just, delete just, it. yeah, just be gone <laughs> yeah. forever. Just be like, all right, I don't got to do it. <laughs> and that was our mentality going like when I did the 439, it was like, if this goes off, like I didn't know I was going to go. Yeah. Was like, if yeah. this goes awful. We are never talking about this again. Like, exactly. It, it, no one knows about it. It's us, us three at the track. Like, it doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, but it's it's cool. Just like if someone goes to the track and just like does an NA one and understands like how much it hurts. Like it hurts just the same for us. Like it, it is not comfortable. Um, yeah. But just understands like how it feels to get the burps out, to run with this liquid in your stomach, to like control your breathing as you're coming in, and then like essentially hold your breath while you're trying to chug this foreign substance like i don't know (laughs) yeah it's such a weird yeah such a weird mix of like obviously being fit running but then like it's like a skill activity as well kind of like bowling or Mm -hmm. billiards or something there's like the skill component of it which is like i don't know it's like two different uh two totally different things just like thrown together which is pretty funny (laughs) even I've, i've heard some people say like why don't you just tilt the the bottle all the way up like they think that's the fastest way to come out it's like no 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 you have to like you have to control yeah. how the liquid comes out. So it's, yeah. there's yeah. a lot more to it that like, even now I, I really don't think about just because I've done a few of them. And it's yeah, like automatic where you're already taking that into consideration. Yeah. 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 That's what, that's what a lot of people ask. I'm sure you get asked like all the time, like what, what's your advice for me chugging or, or I'm just, like also just people saying, Oh, have you tried chugging this way? Have you tried this? So what are like some of the, I guess with the chugging techniques, what are some of the things that people have tried to like teach you and i put that in air quotes like teach you about chugging like Corey, you could go from six second chugs down to two seconds if you do the vortex or i don't know whatever it is like what's some of the what's some of the crap that people are trying to like push onto you for chugging technique <laughs> well a lot of people they don't understand they don't know there's actual rules for it so for the na one they're like dude why didn't you just like puncture it shotgun it or shotgun squeeze it, the yeah. can or whatever else yeah. it's like, no 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 there are actual yeah. rules for this thing like it is standardized it's, it's pretty <laughs> controlled so uh, yeah, but you know, from this weekend, there were a few people doing the torpedo uh, yep. chug and they're like, why don't you just do that? It's like, there is so much foam left over if you're trying yeah, to do yeah. that a bottle. Uh, so I, I think those are the two biggest ones that people just don't understand the rules and they're just, they think yeah. certain things are faster, but it's like, if you just chug a bottle straight up and just like slowly tilt as you're chugging it, that is hundred percent mm-hmm. the quickest way. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no way to do it quicker. I've, I've stood at the kitchen sink before with like different bottles and just like tilted them at different angles just to like time how fast it just comes out. And yeah, that, I mean, it, you don't, you basically kind of starting it parallel to the ground and just slowly rising is like the, the best way just to have it flow out of there. So hundred percent. <laughs> and like, I, I used to, when I chugged, I used to like put my full mouth on the bottle and then mm-hmm. like get out the liquid that way. But then from doing over time i found like if you actually let a little bit of air come into the yeah. top and like almost pull the rest of the the yep. liquid out that that is another like little trick so i think you probably you probably do it too you just leave it on your bottom lip almost and let like yeah the air flow in yeah exactly yeah i don't uh a lot of people do just like their tendency is to close their lips around it but yeah. that's like not that's not the best way to do it it's literally just think of it as just you're just pouring it into your mouth like mm-hmm. just pouring it out of the bottle in your mouth not like putting your mouth around it to drink out of it I, so that yeah 
just as fast as it comes out of the bottle, you just got to be able to chug it that quickly. And then <laughs> that's it. I mean, can't go any faster than as fast as it comes out of the bottle. <laughs> and John Marco gave me some good advice a few years ago. He said, you have to force the beers down. Like you have to just trust that you're not going to puke yep. and literally like force them down. So uh, yeah. I have that like mentality. Every time I'm chugs on, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. It's like, just force it down. It's done in seven, seven seconds. And then you're off running and you're good to go. Yeah, I think he's given us the same advice because the first year I did it when I took a lot of breaks, um, I, I don't remember. I think I ran 517 at the first flow track one. He was like, Chris, you got to remember, you're not going to drown. So yeah. just just get the beer down. <laughs> like, don't be afraid of drowning. It's going to be OK. Like, that's what he and, that, and I like now I think about that. and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm, I can chug the beers. It's not like I'm not I'm probably not going to throw up. It hasn't happened yet. And I'm not going to like die from holding the bottle there for two extra seconds. So like, it just is, get it down. Yeah, it's really <laughs> funny though. Cause I feel like for listeners or like for people who haven't done a beer mile, it, it, like if you're, if you're trying to check it as fast as it comes out from the bottle, it does feel like you're trying. Yeah, it's, true. Yeah. it's true. Yeah, it, it can be a bit of a panic for sure, but I think it's just like getting comfortable with that feeling, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's why people probably, close their mouth to it because they know it's not going to spill out on their sides and if they have to like cut their tongue to it to slow it down they can so yeah exactly <laughs> so where where are you hoping that the race is next year and i get what's your favorite place that the the world classic's been so far we've been in vancouver london manchester berlin uh yeah what's what's been your favorite and where, where are you hoping we go next they've all been so so different and like so great in different ways uh yeah I did really like Vancouver, just the trip itself. Like I love being in the mountains and like, mm -hmm. I don't know, there's just something special about Vancouver. Uh, even though I got DQ'd, <laughs> <laughs> it says a lot about the trip itself though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then honestly, next year, it would be like, I, I've joked about this all the time, but honestly, if they hosted it like here in my hometown, I think we could have like a stellar crowd. I think we could get a liquor yeah. license at the university track, which is like, a beautiful track and like i think we could legitimately have like a sold out stadium here um i don't know if that's ever an option for john to bring it here but honestly I, yeah. I think people could fly into detroit or windsor and it's right. like a close commute uh it would be insane to have it here and i guarantee like people would come out yeah uh, beyond that i i've heard rumors it might be in san francisco next year which also be a great time like it's where it's where the beer, beer model world classic started so that'd be awesome too yeah yeah, I would, I would totally be down to, to go to Canada again. Yeah. And we, it, we were, we were talking about this this weekend. It's like, you're Canadian. We're, we're obviously American, but it's like, we live so close together. Like we're just a, we're like a, I don't even know, like a four hour drive apart, five hour drive, something yeah, like that since so you're right by Detroit. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's just funny, like how close we live. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be, that'd be super convenient for me. Just nice little drive up there for yeah. the, for the champs next year. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that would honestly be incredible. And like, even if people like, I have a lot of friends here that would hundred percent be willing to host like beer milers here. And yeah. like, we could make the trip inexpensive. The flights, Oops. like there are two major airports that we could fly into. Um, yeah. Even on my run this morning, like I went for a little shakeup and like in my neighborhood, the amount of people that have already heard the news of the beer mile and like are saying like, congratulations on the record. It was like, I was like mind boggled a bit because I was like, hometown hero. That's right. Like, it's like weird, but like, it's, it's, it is cool. And I think people are like, they understand that like you do have to be an elite athlete runner to do this. Mm -hmm. You're not just a degenerate frat boy, like party boy. You, yeah. you, have, you do have to be an athlete. It's just like, you are incorporating this weird aspect of four beers to this mile race. So um, yeah. 
yeah, I think people are finally starting to understand that part of it. Yeah, I think so as well. And that, and that would be good to have it in a place where people understand the sport too. Versus, I mean, you pick a random big city and it's like, you might have some people there that right. kind of know about it, but it's like a lot of the people that might be coming out, like even this year, I think some of the people that were there when I was like talking to them before the race, they're just kind of like not, I don't know. They don't really know exactly what to expect. They don't know like what a good time is or anything like they still hadn't really heard about it, but having, having it someplace that has a lot of people who have seen the news would, would definitely be a big bonus. Yeah. I, I, my mind's always spinning about it. And like, it's like, I have a really good relationship with flying monkeys. I have a, a strong feeling they would like provide the beer for the beer mollers, like the beer mile ale I use. I think yeah. they would like definitely contribute to that. Um, I'm sure we could try and get athletic brewing behind it somehow. I think yeah. the are name attached to it. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of people within this city that would be willing to put on an event like this and see something. Even if there was like a charity aspect to it where we're like doing some sort of fundraising for it and yeah. that's the way to put it on. I think, I think there's many ways to do it. And I think it's definitely mm-hmm. possible here. Yeah. I think, I mean, even for just being like a four or five hour drive, like, a lot of people from here or the Midwest in general would drive up. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of similar to what you're saying. I feel like a lot of people in Chicago now, like so many random people have seen us (laughs) at the track, like going and doing the beer mile (laughs) and stuff. Like I, I I feel like if we had it here, similarly, I could get like hundreds and hundreds, maybe a thousand people to come watch Mm -hmm. it just because of all the, all the different running clubs and like knowing having friends in different running clubs, and then they all spread the word to their clubs and whatnot. But um, yeah, I, I, but I think we could get a lot of people to just make the trip oh, as well and be like, Hey, this is within driving distance. Dude, mid- like awesome weekend trip. Midwestern just- people are like, if something's less than an eight hour drive, they're like, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a week- just, a it's an trip. afternoon. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Three day weekend. Okay. <laughs> that's actually hilarious. Cause like when I've been in Belgium in the past to race, like I'll say like, Oh, I drove like whatever three hours to Toronto and like it's not even that far in terms of like how big Canada is like yeah far at all and they're like dude three hours like to other side of the country that's cr- like crazy you know? it's, <laughs> it's funny hearing those comparisons when you when you do travel yeah uh, but yeah I think the biggest thing about like putting on the beer mile event and getting people to come is like obviously marketing it in a in a proper way right and if you can if you can market it in a good way especially if it's in like your own country your own hometown close proximity to like you guys yeah uh, I think that's the way to grow it to get people to understand it and like to come out uh, and support for sure having flying monkeys like or, or a big brewery like that behind it would be huge too just like yeah. the, the marketing from their aspect of like having everyone in the race drinking their beer on yeah. like a video and like if the video is a world record it's going to get like hundreds of thousands millions of views whatever it is like it seems like a no-brainer to me. Like if I owned yeah. a brewery, I would yeah. totally be behind just running a line of beer mile ale or beer mile beer and throwing it out there for everyone to use. I think it's so yeah. smart. Yeah. And like <laughs> Windsor, honestly, like for being a, a fairly small city, uh, we have like some of the best track officials in like the world, in the country, like hundred percent. We put on like really good track events. Um, uh, so like I know quite a few of them. Uh, my dad used to be a track official. So like, I guarantee even they, like, even though it's on a track meet, I guarantee they would come out and help like collect the beer. I think it would be like a community type effort. Like people would be willing to help, willing to like put on this event. So 
I don't know. Like, I hope if John listens to this, he, he, he <laughs> like, oh, shoot. And then his mind gets better. Yep, back. that's right. That's right. We got to keep influencing, uh, influencing them every way that we can. So <laughs> I'll make sure to send him the link to this, uh, to this episode. You. I'll be like, John, listen through this one. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some footnotes for you. And then, and then, yeah. And then I just got to get, get down to 60 second laps and make that feel comfortable. So yeah, I'm going to keep trying. I'm not going to give up on it. <laughs> it is a fast track too. If we do it in Windsor, it's a very fast Perfect. track. Uh, I think Nick Wallace has raced there a few times. He's come, he's come and raced, uh, he's raced 335, 336 there. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a decent, and that was just a random twilight too. So, uh, it is a fast track for sure. Got the stamp of approval. I mean, Nick Willis has run sub four on every track in the world. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. that's true. <laughs> All right. Should we pull up the, a couple of those threads? Oh God. Yeah. Okay. So to, for a little fun to close out here, we were um, on, on let's run. We just searched beer mile mm-hmm. and we got some like funny threads here that we want to get your take on. So All this right. one, this one's titled um, trying to run a sub six minute beer mile on 30 beers per week. And the post is just possible or not possible. <laughs> so nothing about running mileage, just is 30 beers per week, the optimal beer mile training. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is an interesting way to, to look at it. Uh, <laughs> I'd say no. Like <laughs> if you just crank out 30 beer, I mean, I, I need some background information here, you know, like I, I yeah. need to know at least if you have any mile times from like yeah. or some sort oh, of basis. <laughs> Here's, here's one that has way, way more context. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the title is how fast can I run a beer mile? I ran D2 in college. Best mile time was 428. Took a couple years off, but I've gotten back to running. I ran the marathon a few weeks ago in 335 on minimal training around 50 to 60 miles a week. Minimal training my ass. <laughs> I'm currently training every day, doing mainly easy runs and tempo runs with lots of strides, uh, 60 to 70 miles per week, sometimes up around 80 to 90. Pace for my easy runs usually ends up around 650 or so. My original plan was to train into the spring to try and lower my mile time. Uh, I also get out pretty much every <laughs> weekend. I consider myself above average uh, drinker. If I had to quantify it, I, I could probably drink 10 to beers over the course of the night before things get really out of hand. <laughs> oh my gosh. What do you guys think? How fast can I go? I want to try and set a goal. First of all, 428 mile, way better than a 335 marathon. First, that marathon is bad compared to that mile. The, the, first, yeah. the first comment is 428 mile, 330, 330 marathon. What happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for real. That, that is the ultimate truth. Yeah. I, like, uh, I think that person... I mean, they are definitely more of a miler. So I want to say if their chugs are good, I'd say 530 they could get under. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that's fair. Man, it is, it, it's so hard to compare it to. Like, I know. Man, there's tons of people that are good drinkers, but like, it's about, it's not about being a good drinker. It's about being a good chugger and holding it down. So it's like, For it's sure. not just like even you probably hear this all the time. Like, there's these like, big trucker guys like i don't know redneck guys that are like yeah i could do do the beer part but it's like these guys sip beer yes they drink beer but they they don't know how to chug beer yeah yeah Yeah, there's a difference between like being able to put down a 24 pack in a day versus like the technique of like getting it down that fast it's like totally totally different i (laughs) i feel like in a in a random beer mile though i would rather take somebody who looks like they've shotgunned a lot of beers before compared to like 
like a marathon uh, a, a, runner. Yeah, a marathon runner. That's fair. May, oh, maybe. You never know. I don't know. I feel like distance runners, though, the sneaky thing is that we we all have to eat a lot in order True. to in order to put in that mileage. So True. it's like we all have pretty big stomachs. I, and I like know a lot of guys that run a lot that just like can put down a large pizza, no problem, you know, because it's yeah. you're you need the calories. So I yeah, that's the one exception. But I mean, I've also seen it the reverse where I've had like college buddies that didn't run a step. And they could still yeah. run like an eight minute beer mile because their chugs were just like yeah. six seconds a piece. And then they'd run a seven minute mile and jog around the track. So I've seen it both ways. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's some uh, there's some big running groups in my like community. And there's one called like Mar- Malden Park Runners. And they I think they got inspired by the beer mile. So they host like I think they call it the Preakness. Uh, so it's like their beer mile every day and they have it in like a trail 400, 500 meter loop. Uh, but a lot of these runners do like to indulge in like in alcoholic beverages like they like to drink so it's like i i might take a marathoner over like yeah. someone that looks like they can shotgun because i do know the sneaky thing is these marathoners a lot of them do like to drink and can oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah like right at, right after marathon season oh over. for sure <laughs> like you got your brewery runs or whatever like oh, yeah. your your pint nights all sorts mm-hmm. of different stuff no totally true and, and also distance runners you got that like that mindset of you're willing to hurt so it's like, oh, your stomach hurts a little bit. Oh, well, like you just kind of, I don't know, you just get over it. So like, I, oh, oh, well, let's go harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I haven't puked yet. I'm still good. Let's keep grinding. <laughs> it is funny when people uh, like, like that thread reminded me of it, like 30 beers a week, like using that as the gauge. But I think if you looked at like the results from Beer Mile World Champs, it's always I don't, I wouldn't say always, there's always exceptions, of course, but like it literally plays out of like whose mile PR was the fastest, like that's who wins. And then like, keep stepping down, honestly. And like, and almost like the inverse of drinking to some extent, like, obviously there were guys that get like fourth, fifth, whatever that are like probably drinking a lot, but they're also like pretty good runners and their mile time. It's like directly correlated to mile time and almost inversely correlated to the number of beers you drink per week. <laughs> because because everyone at that race can chug a six second beer or seven second beer. It's just a matter of then who's going to run the fastest mile while chugging the beers. I feel like the sorry, go go Adam. I feel like the only historical exception would be Dale Clutterbuck with the drinking or yes, with that? <laughs> the drinking. But he's all, I mean, he's also a 337 guy, 336 guy. I feel, like pro- like I feel like he probably could have been a better beer miler if he didn't, um, didn't drink as have, much. Have yeah, all yeah, yeah. Of those training videos <laughs> and like, what was that? Probably like 20. His training videos were so good. So yeah, good. Like, oh, we're just going to run loops around the park, Hyde Park, and every loop we're going to do a beer. And it's going to be like eight beers in 8K. I don't know how much it's uh-huh. going to be, but just like every week, just doing a Fucking video like animal. that. <laughs> Such an animal. It's, it's pretty hilarious because Dale, Dale coached his his girlfriend, well, fiance now to Olympian like, Olympics, which is crazy. Yeah. And yeah. then Ben, his training partner, is like dating Adele, Adele. who's like a very very elite runner herself. And like, it's yeah, it's just, it's, it's pretty cool how connected the the running beer mile world is. It is, <laughs> it is, it's crazy. Uh, oh, last qu- last thing that I wanted to make sure to ask. So um, a while back, there was the the beef with Everett Smolders. Oh, right. How fast do you think Everett Smolders could do a beer mile? So he he's using the logic of he can shotgun a beer in two seconds, so he's going to beat me in a beer mile. But but he is also fast. He's also a sub four miler. So I'm not saying that I can beat him in a mile race, but I don't know. I, I can't tell if he's someone who would struggle on beer three and four, or if he would be a beast and run in the four thirties. I just don't know. 
I think he would get out well. I really do. I think he. I think he'd handle two beers pretty well. Yeah. But like we've seen Dale, he can handle two beers pretty well. And after that, it's like he's a he's an exceptional runner. But like after that, it really does catch up to you, and you can't really fake it after that. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think he might run into some stomach issues. Uh, I think he's. I, I don't think he understands how hard it actually is. Like how much it actually hurts, and like how uncomfortable. The, you can't get rid of that feeling so right, uh, right yeah i don't know i think he'd be in for a treat but i'd love to see it i really would <laughs> i would too i think if he did a few practice ones like he could have the tools to run 430s or sub 430 potentially um but yeah I, I think on the first one it would just be i i bet you he would go out in like a 55 he would have been right on your right on your coattails and then it would just be a like oh he's out of breath he doesn't know how to let drown himself in beer basically. <laughs> and so it's just, it's just something you have to learn over time. Um, it but is, yeah, it's I, pretty scary, man. The feeling like, yeah, it is when you're, going, when you're going out in 55, you already have a beer in your stomach and then you are out of breath and you know, you have to come in and you chug three more beers and do three more laps. I mean, you're thinking about, I might possibly blow up. I might possibly puke. I might like, you're thinking about everything that could possibly go wrong. Yeah. Obviously you want to finish it as quick as you can. So like, you're just trying to like keep moving, keep moving, like yep. just get it done. Yeah. It, Cause it could be either. You have like two chances of blowing up like a normal mile race. You can blow up like right. physically, but in the beer mile, you could either blow There's up because of the, because yeah. of the drinking or because of just your legs, like you're mm-hmm. not, not ready for it. So yeah, it could be, could be either way, but if ever it's still listening, I'm still open to racing you in a beer mile anytime, any place. Like I want to, we'll take a, we'll I want to do a, it. We'll take a little trip a down trip. to Mississippi and yeah. maybe we'll get Craig, Craig Ingalls to do it too. Now that he's down there coaching, we'll just get that a post cross country season, uh beer mile going if they're down for it. Actually, That's I don't awesome. know if they would be because now Everett's he's going to be doing indoor track and ah, God, just there's, there's always that space in between outdoors and indoors or sorry, cross country and indoors though. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, I will say though, whenever I'm talking about someone new coming to the beer mall, I will always like, I will always not really put too much thought into like how well they would do. I always underplay because the beer mall is one of the things like you sort of do have to prove yourself. You can't just, I can't just say like, oh, this person's going to be good. There's this no, there's no formula. Like, no, no. I always think like people are going to be worse than they are. And if they, if they are better then that that's, it's, it's good. But it's, it's a big shock. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Corey, for coming on. This is man. Fi- finally had the beer mile world record holder on the podcast, but even, even better timing that it was a brand new world record from, True. from this Saturday. So I guess it was all meant to be like this. It, it worked out perfectly to have you on right now and celebrate this 428 um, before you break it again next year. And you know, 424, 423, 420 who knows I'm, I'm excited to see where you go with it we'll have to see yeah thanks so much for having me on boys all right we'll do our best to uh plant some ideas in nick's head nick for, and john's uh, head next year yeah for sure we'll we'll get that thing scheduled uh right near you sounds good take it easy boys awesome all right, catch all you right. later cheers well there you have it there was Corey <laughs> belmore of uh of canada uh, I was just going to say newly minted world record holder, but he's been the world record holder since 2016 in the beer mile, but new fresh time sub 430 up on the scoreboard now with the 428.1. And yeah, this guy, 
Someday he's going to be sub 420. I hope, I hope he runs so. 420.0. Then maybe we'll get Elon Musk to retweet it. Ooh, 420.69. We'll fudge, oh, the, we'll, yes. we'll fudge the numbers on. That's true. I was going to say, if he runs within a half a second of that, I'm just changing it to 420.69 and say, yeah, we'll FAT to, timing, um, the, fat, the fat deduction or whatever. Yeah, we'll have to <laughs> leave in like a... A beer coin special logic if somebody runs a 420. Yeah, just extra, adds a 0.69 no matter yeah, what. Yeah. yeah. So in the intro of this episode, Adam was teasing something that he wanted to talk about, oh, Squid Game and oh, the dude, we should, outro um, here. So I've, spoiler alert, I've only seen, I think I've seen like half of it so far. Um, of course, all in one sitting because. Yeah, of course. Of course. Why not? Uh, but I was thinking we should, we should do a Squid Game version of Beer Mile for our next like, uh our next content a a good video okay okay so you're thinking like we start with a group of people and then there's like challenges yeah like because you you could even do like red red light green light with uh drinking beer oh (laughs) shit that's actually a really good idea yeah oh damn okay i'm trying to think of what the you said you're only halfway through it the show yeah okay i don't want to give away too much but i was trying to think like what the equivalent would be of the like the The honeycomb game yeah the cookie cutter thing um yeah, mm. yeah. Just wait till you see some of the other games too. But uh, but yeah, we, we, we could. Yeah, we, we could, should. We should. We could do this. We, it could be a multi-part one. We could yeah. do this. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and then instead of like, uh, like for the red light, green light one. Ooh, red light, green light. It's literally just us two. And instead of like obviously being shot with a gun, uh, we can. Do you remember like Sting Pong back in the oh, yeah. back in the day? Yeah. We should just have uh, either one of our wives can be the whatever the person is that does the red light green light, and then yeah. if we if we fuck up, they can like hit us with a ping pong ball, or, like, <laughs> slap us with a fly swatter. I like that. I like that. That'd be good. All right. Well, now, but now we're, we're gonna go for a run right after this recording, and I'll just oh. ideate on it some more. Oh yeah. Um, also shout out again, athletic brewing for the non-alcoholic morning beers. If you want to try some athletic brewing, they have free shipping on beer, which is pretty, pretty dope. You don't have to pay for shipping costs on drizzly. You can literally go to athletic brewing site, order it directly. Um, link in the description. I'm pretty energized after having a, like a beer at 7 30 in the morning i feel good got my got my anti-inflammatories in got like, my grains it, in. it feels like it's uh it's a boys weekend but it's fucking it's, it's tuesday uh, it sucks that it's tuesday it's like god now we gotta actually do work work it's kind of a kind of a bummer but yeah thanks thanks athletic for getting us going Corey had a beer with us as well got to enjoy those and shout out again to manscape never too early to get your holiday shopping done or Film your next Pornhub set with uh, shaving your stepbrother. Yeah, Black Friday as well. So, uh, actually, I don't know if I don't know if Black Friday though. I don't know if uh, Manscaped will have a better deal than what they already give. Oh, true. Give uh, give the listeners. They may. I don't know. But that's a risk that you probably shouldn't be. Twenty percent in free shipping. I feel like the past couple years for Black Friday, I haven't. I think they might just meet that equivalent. I think they just meet the twenty percent. I mean, I literally haven't done Black Friday in almost. I think three years because yeah. like the deals just aren't as good yeah so it's yeah. not it's not worth it just get it over with now beer mile all one word is the discount code on manscape.com 20 percent off free worldwide shipping easy as that well another another great podcast episode pretty fun words of wisdom if it's before noon drink a non-alcoholic beer Yeah, good words of wisdom. Good words of wisdom.
Uh, I don't have any wisdom because it's too early, but tell your friends and family to listen to us. Gather around this holiday season and watch some Beer Mile Media shit. Yeah, we'll have to do a... Uh, Last year, for those that oh, are OG listeners, absolutely. we did the holiday special. Absolutely doing another ho- holiday special. Episode 10, holiday special. Make sure you watch the YouTube that version was, of it. That was so fun. <laughs> we we should have we recorded... Actually, that, that might have been optimal because like afterwards, we had a, had a pretty wild night, I yeah. would say. Well, yeah. responsibly wild. Like, responsibly it was like, wild. We're always responsible. It was like the, the four boys, the four amigos, uh, yeah. but absolutely plastered. Yeah. <laughs> so We'll have to do something even bigger and better for the holiday special this year. We got yeah. some time to think about it. But maybe maybe yeah. that's when we do the Squid Game uh, challenges. That could be good. Yeah. That could be good. But that means we got to, yeah, we'll have to start filming it soon and get, yeah. get it going but yeah that'd be, that'd be a good holiday special like yeah. everyone's sitting around the fire at home watching watching us uh do basically beer olympics but squid game version. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have to get like green uh track suits yeah <laughs> oh man okay done and done thanks for tuning in y'all make sure you leave us an apple five star review and if you've already left us one create a new account or get on your mom's account and leave what, us one help yeah, others what, find uh, the show what should their message be so i know they came from this episode Ooh. Something related to Squid Game would work. Okay. Just anything related to Squid. Uh, tell us, tell us what game we should play yes. as part of our Squid Game. Yes. Give us, give us an idea of some other things besides chugging beers, red light, green light. Yeah. We'll, we'll, and we'll and if, include. And it. if you need more than uh, however many characters they give you, uh, just drop us a line on our anchor uh, voicemail. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Anchor voice message. That link's also below. Leave us a voice message. We'll include it in the show. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend. Happy Halloween. Coming yeah, up this yeah. week this weekend. Cheers everyone. <laughs>